0: is Bean to barstool a podcast that looks at the intersections of craft beer and craft chocolate my name is david nelson i'm a professional beer writer and an advanced cicerone and the creator and host of this show the music for this episode is by my dear friend indie folk musician anna p.s you can find out more about anna's music in the show notes or at her website annapsmusic.com you can find links and information about our guests in the show notes as well I hope you enjoy this episode of Bean to Barstool. In this episode, we'll talk with Dennis Malcolm Byron, better known in the beer world as Ale Sharpton, a beer expert, writer, photographer, and consultant living in Atlanta, Georgia. Ale is one of the most respected voices in the craft beer scene, and he's a passionate advocate for folks of all backgrounds, races, and identities to get to enjoy this beautiful drink. A few years back, he partnered with New Belgium Brewing and Chocolatel Small Batch Chocolate on a signature beer called Piano Keys that would open conversations and show newcomers what beer could be. We talk about the process for developing this chocolate vanilla imperial stout, his passion for flavor, and the road ahead for Piano Keys.
1: I started as a writer for hip-hop and uh, a lot of magazines like that, but I've always just had a real passion for beer, and I think I had an opportunity to kind of write in the language that I speak and a lot of people can relate to, which is a approach of more down-to-earth, almost a conversational tone, but yet some of the journalism qualities that you would see in, in professional writing.
0: That's Ale Sharpton, and his eclectic range of interests and obvious enthusiasm make him a wonderful ambassador and advocate for craft beer. I followed and respected Ale on social media for years, and when I found out he was partnering with a bean-to-bar chocolate maker and an amazing craft brewery to create a chocolate beer called Piano Keys, I knew we'd be friends. I got the chance to briefly meet him in person at the Craft Brewers Conference in Minneapolis back in May, and we spoke recently to talk all about his delicious imperial stout, his passion for beer, and his desire to see it reach a wider and more diverse audience. Well, Ale, thank you so much for coming on Bean to Barstool. It's good to have you on here.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this one.
0: Tell us generally what you do in the beer world and specifically what you do in the Atlanta beer scene.
1: What I do is just bring that presence that has been needed since I started in an industry writing. That would be going on 20, what, three years now? So I'm kind of telling my age there. Uh, and entering the beer scene, which I did not see at all, uh, let alone being a Black writer, Something new, and I knew that it was gonna happen eventually, where I would have a place in the beer industry, uh, due to the way I dressed, the way I talked, the music, my approach to creativity, design, all those different things, and then of course my passion for beer. And so I was the only one doing that in Atlanta, and I kind of, on a selfish side of things, wanted to change the beer scene of Atlanta, let alone Georgia, because of the very limited uh, ABV laws to make it uh, six percent under. And if you can only imagine. The types and styles and creativity of beer that would be available with that designation, it wasn't working. So they knew me as a person who wanted to change the laws, lobby for it, write about it, politic for it. And so that became a, a way where I would be a pioneer in the beer scene around this area and uh, make a difference. And now, as I thought, 2004, the law changed to 14%. And Atlanta and Georgia, for that matter, are great beer entities in U.S.,
0: That's fantastic. What first got you into craft beer? Was there a particular beer that kind of got you on that road?
1: I always liked beer. Um, Even when I took a sip from my uncle's um, bottle or pony of high life, I was like, you know, I like it. Um, that's what I'm going to drink when I'm your age. And he just laughed. And uh, through college, the end of high school, college, and although everybody was drinking wine coolers and stuff, but I always loved beer. I love the packaging. I love the fact that you can have six and one and stretch it out. And I just love the, I never liked anything else really from a libation standpoint. So then I noticed that the, the packaging is really interesting, the style and um, all the kind of like hooks that were on television. And I just always known that people would be cool around that beverage, um, be down to earth. And then when I really started trying flavors, going to Cornell, um, being exposed to different styles and then trying um, Brooklyn Black Chocolate Stout by Garrett Oliver, I was like, you know what? I, I want to dig deeper into this and really study the craft, get what people are in the business and uh, take this thing seriously. I love the fact that beer can basically create any flavor profile more than any other libation in the world, from roastiness to chocolate to peanut butter to whatever have you, strawberries. It's just so wide open. And I'm coming from a lineage of chefs where flavor is a big thing for my family. So I was like, I got to get in this industry and make it what it is and, and do some things, add a little bit of pizzazz, a little bit of funk to it and do things in my way. And it just it's been successful formula ever since.
0: So let's talk about. Piano Keys, you're part of this ongoing collaboration beer brewed by New Belgium, uh, Mm -hmm. using cacao nibs from Chocolatel, small batch chocolate there in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. How did your relationship with both of them get started? And what was the initial idea that led to this beer?
1: I've always been cool with New Belgium. They just always respected the fact that it was uh, started and co-founded by a woman, which was already a big standpoint for me. I'm all about progression. And the beers was always solid. I mean, they always made great beers. They're pioneers. And so throughout the years, I've always befriended their staff and people they worked with. And we always just got along. And they approached me with the idea of, hey, this this DEI thing and just diversity in general. And we want to step our game up in that department. And we think you'd be the best person in the whole world to kind of help us get there through consultation and whatever ideas you might come up with. And I said, you know, I've been, I've been approached a few times, but this just seemed like the perfect fit for me. I appreciated New Belgium's reach and, again, their history of being progressive, uh, caring about the environment uh, a lot more to the next level than a lot of other breweries. And so I said, you know what? I love their reach as well and their story. So I said, you know what? I can, I can accept this and be a consultant, but doing it my way. And so they're like, okay, what do you think? We want to diversify our people who are are, are around our beers, our staff, uh, our initiatives. Get back. What do you have in mind? So I said, we'll meet. So they flew me up to Colorado, and I I sat down at the table, and they're ready to hear what I have to say. And I said, we're going to make a beer. And this is like the CEOs and the head of advertising, head of marketing, everything. And they're like, oh boy, you know, they said that's cool, but you know, we're going to have to come up with a name. We're going to have to come up with a style. We're gonna, you know, that might take a lot of time. I said, I cut all that out because I have this beer right here. I want to make a beer with you because you guys not only have how much respect I have for you, but the reach. And I think you guys can make it happen. And they said, okay, what, what kind of beers? I said, it'll be an Imperial Stout. And not only Imperial Stout, be brewed with chocolate and vanilla. They're like, okay, why Imperial Stout? I said, because you guys don't make them often. I care about your marketing as well as I care about my uh, initiative, what I want to do. They're like, wow, okay. And I said, I want to make it a chocolate vanilla because I think we need to make a beer. I'm, a, I'm an IPA fanatic, but I want to make a beer that would kind of educate people to know that beer is more than just uh, fizzy or yellow, whatever the masses believe it is, and always bitter. I want to teach that as a culinary aspect to it. Again, reaching back to my culinary um, lineage. And they're like, wow, OK. They, they said also um, with chocolate vanilla is interesting. I said, yeah, ebony, ivory, black, white. They were like, oh, got you. So they were all over that. And then they said, okay, but the name, we got to come up with that so have the name. It's called Piano Keys, Ebony Ivory. They were like, wow. I said, I'm a music lover. I think we can implement a lot of things on the marketing side with that. I was a marketing major in school, so I always was into advertising and marketing and design. So that was a big thing. And then I said, not only do I have the name for the beer, Piano Keys, which is not taken, that I also have the design for it, and I'm an artist. So I drew out even even intricacies. I made sure that um, the font itself was not only uh, paying homage to Blue Note, which is uh, one of the most respected jazz labels in the world, but also a mix of some soprano kind of godfather kind of font. And so I wanted to make a gangster style. So there you go. And they were just floored and really did a great job to the very point where I wanted to take who my favorite glass inside the A to enhance the A, which stands for L. So <laughs> um, <laughs> those kind of things, they were just really, uh, they really were wowed by it, honestly, if I could say so myself on how much I put into it. And I guess I didn't leave with the answer no, because they were totally into it. With the agreement though, that this beer, um, I would be totally involved of all the design, the, the ABVs, everything else. And then I wanted to with this, do an event at different places, respect to beer bars, if not throughout the nation, especially starting in Atlanta, that would um, launch the beer. And I, will pro- I promised everybody who would host that, that it would be the most diverse and most just incredible experience that you've ever hosted at your bar regarding showcasing what beer can really bring to the table if you just put the work in. And it was. Every event, we did a launch brick store, which is one of the biggest beer bars in the world. They are like world-class. The Porter hosted it, the Argosy, all these great pockets that we have here in Atlanta. It just was amazing. And the response was just that. It was the most diverse crowds they ever had. We had music, we had fun, and everybody loved the beer. And I mean everybody. They were educated. A lot of people were like, wow, I didn't know beer could be dessert. Even my dad, who doesn't drink beer, was like, this is delicious. (laughs) And and it worked. Also, the biggest thing was having a fundraising element kind of implemented in it as well. And with that, uh, we set up a foundation called uh, Brew Gather, which I came up with my my wife, Andrea. And it was a fund that we would give to different, really needed, like the ones that really needed the money, those kind of nonprofits. Uh, So it's kids that want to learn instruments. There was uh, black farmers. There were gardeners who needed a new roof. Um, one of their properties and different things like that. We were giving back to them. Um, we also gave back to the giving kitchen uh, now bottle share. So we're setting all these things up with a little bit of a minority focus, but also for people who just need the money, not just some big organization to take the check. And it was like, yeah, thanks. And put it in a the drawer. Uh, these people are like, wow, we needed this for whatever the cause was. So it was very successful. And now it's, we're going into our fourth year and um I'm one of the first Black men, if not the first Black man, to have his name on, on a can of distributed of this magnitude, uh, which is also really dope. Uh, Ale Sharpton is on there. So it's just been a wonderful, exciting collaboration, and it's ongoing. It wasn't just the one and done thing. Uh, new Belgium has been true to their word of, of continuing to be a part of this initiative and find other ways that we can do it and step our game up. So we're in the process of making a new batch. Um, every beer is slightly different, and we're going to be making a new batch for the fall uh, very soon. So I'm excited about that. We'll be part of GABF and doing some cool stuff with that, too. So stay very tuned. cool. I'll be Hopefully out there.
0: Yeah, I'll be, I'll be at GABF. I'll look forward to that. What are the variances? How does it change?
1: My overall goal was to use vanilla and chocolate and getting it from places that have fair trade mm-hmm. um, and take care of their workers. And so New Belgium helped me with the research of finding those spots. Uh, So we got vanilla from Uganda, and we got the chocolate. The first time was from Nicaragua, uh, through Chocolato, who goes through so many hoops to make sure that cacao that they're resourcing from is totally um, ethical and and done correctly, right? And and then I wanted something local. So I said, look, I want to have some local presence. These guys are literally four blocks away from me in a place called Croc Street Market. And it's a husband and wife team. And the, the chocolate's not super sweet. And so they had all those things I wanted. There's a minority owns it, which is really cool too. And um, we said, let's go with it. So they had the nibs shipped out. The Nicaragua one was a little more sweeter. The next round we did was uh, from Uganda, which is really dope. And we kept that for two years because a little bittersweet, it gave a nice consistency to it. So I think the first batch was like an A minus because I'm very critical. Everybody's like, it's an A. But this one, this, this last two batches is an A to me. I changed a little bit in terms of a um, little bit more fuller. A little more smoother, and then a little more notes on the chocolate. So um, this one was a banger. It was just the right amount of vanilla. So the balance was definitely key as well. So it, it's been an awesome experience. And um, we're not letting down at any time soon.
0: So it sounds like you have ongoing creative influence on the actual recipe of the beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that process like working with somebody the size of New Belgium? Do you call them up on the phone and say this is what I want to do? Like how's that work?
1: We've been Zooming the hell out of each other, dude, uh, especially during the pandemic. So shout out to my boy, um, Andrew Emerton, who is a part of the whole marketing for New Belgium. He's been really a fun person to work with and was never an issue of, no, we can't do that. It's like, let's figure this out. And that's what really boosts my morale to work on a long-term basis and uh, working with Steve, the CEO has been awesome. And now they have a DEI program that they um, implemented, which is dope. And then even down to the glassware, um, they love my idea of Hmm. having the piano keys on it so that when you fill it with a stout, the keys fill up in black. That is cool. Yeah. So I got to get you one of these as well. (laughs) Um, We had a couple of minority vendors who helped uh, put that together. The glassware was done by my boy, Mike Potter, who's with uh, Black Beer Culture he uh, made my vision come alive and I have a take who class. So it only makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so that's been really cool, man. It's been fun. I'm making my own merch. I'm gonna be selling a whole new line soon. But I made a hoodie. There's so many cool things going on and uh, I have other surprises on the way. So I'll definitely keep you posted. On Yeah,
0: I can't wait. So what was your familiarity like with bean-to-bar craft chocolate before this, Uh, you mentioned the excitement of being able to use ethically sourced cacao from Chocolato. Did you have much of an awareness there before that? We'll be right back. Hey everyone. Getting a Cicerone certification is an amazing way to raise your beer knowledge and can be a game changer for your beer career. But how are you supposed to find the time to prep and how are you supposed to know exactly what to study? Don't sweat because the Beer Scholar has you covered. The Beer Scholar is a sponsor of Bean to Barstool, but I can tell you from personal experience years before I was doing this podcast how helpful the Beer Scholar study guides are. They offer efficient online courses for levels 1 and 2 that cover everything you need to know, tips and tricks for how to pass the exams, and include live weekly Zooms to taste and discuss classic beer styles together. They even have a new coaching program for the Level 3 Advanced Cicerone Exam. I used the Beer Scholar study guide to pass my level 2 exam many years ago. I wish the level 3 had been around when I took that exam. I had to do it on my own. Wish their study guides had been available for that at the time. The vast majority of certified Cicerones in the world today have used Beer Scholar to help achieve the goal of passing that exam. If you are ready to take your beer career to the next level, visit thebeerscholar.com and check out their online courses.
1: Uh yeah, my mom, my wife, they're all chocolate lovers. They've made me a chocolate aficionado. So I had no avoidance there on what to pick there. My sister, Simone's a chef and awesome baker, so she always makes cool. It just it's just around me and chocolate. I just love it. Like if I have to pick, I'm not a real dessert dude, but if I do, it's gonna be something dark chocolate. I wanted to do that in beer. And who's gonna say no to chocolate? Not many people. And then on the culinary side chefs, I, I went to them and they created things with it. They they made sorbets, they made uh, a chocolate braised lamb. I've done beer dinners with a lot of different world-renowned chefs, which has been really awesome. And then I'll um, do respect to Garrett Oliver. He kind of gave me a little bit of influence in that regard too, a guy I really respect and uh, admire. I did mine a lot different from his, but at the same time, he gave me the idea that not only can a black man be successful in this industry, but also uh, the idea that chocolate could be in fear. So I always give props where props to do. We always are kind of influenced by somebody. So give flowers when you can.
0: So you mentioned Brew Gather uh, that was raising some funds that you were able to donate to some great nonprofits. Mm -hmm. How does that work on an ongoing basis? Is a certain portion of every can go to that?
1: Now it's uh, to the point where they put in funding aside to guarantee we're going to get the money, which is really, really dope through New Belgium. Uh, it, it was based on sales originally, but now we're creating a way where they're just, but well, we have to do it now a little more on the um, nonprofit side and get someone to to donate it totally correctly because we just gave checks to nonprofits, but we want to make a little more seamless this time. It's been an awesome experience. I've been well-received by writers such as yourself. Uh, people give the vision. It's not a black beer. It's not a, this type of beer. It's, it's a beer. It's a beer that's helping make a difference, and that's the ultimate part of it.
0: Well, beyond that monetary difference that it's able to make, both you and New Belgium had the idea that you did want this to kind of convey that beer is for everyone and everybody is welcome at the table. How have you seen that play out with piano keys? How What kind of conversations or, or doors have you seen opened by this beer?
1: There have been a lot more collaborations. My beer, we did it, I said, about four years ago. And during the pandemic, another uh, stout came out by Weather Souls. Uh, my man Marcus had an idea of, of coming out and doing a Stout, The Black is Beautiful, um, which was uh, also something dope that I helped support and uh, make happen. And so it's in the same kind of um, family as what basically I did with Piano Keys, which is really dope. And then now there are a lot more collaborations where we're bringing people in from all, all likes, um, which is dope. A lot of breweries are starting to open their mind a little more and realize that beer is for everyone. And hiring too. So there are a lot of different things that are cool with that. Also what I love about it is with Piano Keys, the Piano key Stout, at Piano key Stout, um, a lot of people are posting and tagging piano keys and you see how diverse that crowd is Or saying how great the beer is. It's not just a, a great cause, it's actually a great beer. And I, I mean, New Belgium is gonna make sure that this is this is totally on point, which I also appreciate. They're very meticulous in that regard. Just every time it comes out, people are looking for it, uh, wanna do things, support the brand by buying the shirts and um, the different merch I have, a lot of cool merch I have going out, coming out soon that I'm excited about as you can see, cause I said it twice. <laughs> But also just, it, it brings everybody together. It truly does. It's exactly the vision I had for it. it's coming to a reality, which is really, really a beautiful thing. So you look on the Instagram or you look on my page, uh, my following is very organic. And it's been through years, decades of just uh, hitting the pavement and and letting people know that beer is totally for everybody.
0: I had a conversation with Dr. J last year on this show right <laughs> Yeah, uh, about how the tasting experience with beer can be a way to get people of different backgrounds together around a table. And you hear each other's stories, you know, defenses come down, talk a little bit about how you've seen that work with beer, whether it's piano keys or another Mm -hmm. of, of just the tasting experience being able to do that.
1: No doubt. I think the biggest catalyst in my opinion is social media because social media is showing that different people can drink beer before social media, especially Instagram, Black people, Asian people, a lot of people didn't see us drinking the beer. They just were seeing what was on TV, the Bud Light commercials or whatever the hell, you know, has the money to, to have television advertising. That was really the focus. And that's all that people approached by. But now you have social media. We see people of all likes drinking together and enjoying themselves. It's picking up where people or different races doesn't, doesn't see a whites only sign on the doors. It's a matter of they've never been approached or never been marketed to or never been welcomed A lot of times, some breweries are very progressive in that regard. I'm not saying all breweries are like that. But especially on the craft brewery side, um, it's becoming a lot more organic and a little more welcoming now that people see that they are drinking beer and enjoying beer. And um, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of one of the first people to really show that beer could be for everybody and have a position on the employment side of creating a career in beer, not just by brewing, but you can be doing it through marketing, design, whatever the case may be, sales. So uh, the beer, the beer industry is moving up. There's still only 1% ownership on the black side, but at the same time, the beer industry is growing. So there are a lot more black owned breweries too, but it's still that 1% thing that's going on. But, you know, things will gradually change. This is going to be a uh, marathon, not a sprint.
0: You've alluded to this a few times, but walk me through the beer itself. What's the flavor profile of Piano Keys that people can expect?
1: When you drink this, first of all, the aroma is going to hit you in a pleasant way. I wanted to make sure that the notes of chocolate like you taste the beer before you even taste it you know and that's one of the best ways to try beer anyways is smell it first you're going to notice that the head retention is going to be a lot longer which is dope too that was a big thing the head retention was a little lower on the first batch but they made that step that game up real quick because it's aesthetically pleasing to the eye as well as then you have your nose and everything else you get notes of chocolate you get some um subtle hints of vanilla but you're going to be thinking maybe a brownie and maybe some hints of coffee And then when you take that first sip, you're going to definitely get chocolate on the front end, but it's going to be a dark chocolate where it's not going to be overly sweet. And I made sure that the texture would not be syrupy. That's a big thing with a lot of stouts that intimidates people. Oh, it's too heavy for me. Or it's just like I'm drinking syrup or it's like drinking fudge. I, I wanted to keep the body a little bit on the lighter side so it could be Enjoyed in a different way from a lot of uh, stouts out there for mouthfeel. And then I want to make sure that the texture would help with pairing in case you were having a dessert or something. Instead of it like you're pouring a fudgy beer on top of a brownie or something like that. You actually have brownie that's kind of my texture is almost cutting it in a little ways, but still marrying the different flavors that it has. And then again, the, the vanilla is subtle. You don't want it overly vanilla or else again it, it could get almost a soapy kind of um, reaction to it. So that didn't happen. There's, the balance is always key. And the potency, it's at 10%, but it's not boozy. That was the other element I wanted. I don't want to be so like, oh my gosh, it's strong as hell. Instead of it's like, what is that? Like after having a glass, like, oh man, what is ABV on this? And that's always, um, I think a passion and a goal for a lot of brewers is you can't guess ABV right off the mouthfeel or out the first sip. You kind of, you, you know, it's about that balance. We're like, wow, this is this heavy or this or this strong or this, this is this light. You still get all these flavors. I wanted to make sure I walked that fine line and uh, New Belgium. And I did a great job with that. So
0: absolutely. Um,
1: yeah. It's a great pairing beer. Um, again, chefs have cooked with it so many different dishes from sweet to savory. And, and there's no uh, there's no limits to this beer.
0: That's great. Tell me about your relationship to it. When do you reach for a can of piano keys?
1: When, when people come over. Again, I'm an IPA guy. Like, I'm drinking IPA right now, talking to you. I'm drinking the uh, Creature Comforts Automatic, which I just wrote about. It's one of my favorite pale ales. This is light. Um, I'm in a sessionable things. So um, that way I could drink a few and still do some work. Not got an article. I don't know about you, but I always tend to have a beer when I'm writing a beer story. just <laughs> to put me in the element, but that's just sure. me. But it has to be a light beer. So Piano Keys is going to be something of a sexy night. And if you're a veteran beer drinker like myself and you, you can have a stout throughout the year. There's no just having it in the cold nights. Mm-hmm. Um, There's always a perfect place for a stout. I see it with some music playing when you're chilling, relaxing, vibing out after a long day's work. And also see it as a closer a lot of times to a dinner. Um, my beer dinners, I bring this out as a closer a lot and Man, it's shutting it down. Uh, people are like, wow, this, this whatever I pair with it, maybe something with a, a fruit element to it, like strawberries or raspberries or something light. And then this comes in, it's going to be like an amazing tasting experience for sure. So I, it's more culinary. Um, I like to show it off and bring it to people as gifts. A lot of people buy it as gifts and give it to people who might have access to it around the nation, which is always dope. But we're working on that reach right now too.
0: What story is Piano Keys telling?
1: It's telling that with the right people and the right open-minded people who have the resources to believe in a project that you come up with, this is what the result is. And it's a success. The immediate part was, and I wasn't worried with New Belgium. I immediately came to them. I know they're big and they got a lot of stuff going on, but they have the the capacity to do uh, limited batches to see what happens and then go from there and grow incrementally. They have access to canning, which is really big right now, um, shortage of aluminum. Um, All these things I took into consideration before signing on. And then, of course, the reach. But it's something of a dream I've had. People for years upon years have said, you need to come out with your own beer. And finally, I can can say I'm to the comfort zone where I came out with mine. And not only was it from a beer standpoint, from a design and marketing and doing something I love. And I think that this is going to only... Uh, open doors to so many other things. And also I learned that beer can give back, which is very important to me. So um, that open-mindedness is key. And um, I've taken advantage of that and and feel blessed of everybody who are are embracing um, the different things that I have going on, especially you. Again, I'm thanking you once more because of your stature and what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing to the beer industry. And again, it's an honor to be on it for your show.
0: Well, it's an honor to have you on here. The beer is fantastic. From the actual liquid itself, to the branding, to the story behind it, I just love everything about Piano Keys. So thank you you so much for spending some time talking with me today. I really appreciate it. While talking with Ale, I felt from the start like we'd been friends for years. His kindness is inviting, and his excitement is contagious. And I look forward to sharing beers with him in person in the future. You can order the Piano Keys Stout from NewBelgium.com. It's available to be shipped directly to your door if you live in a state whose laws allow that. You heard Ale mention that he'll be rolling out new merch for the beer soon as well. I'll put links to his accounts and to the page for ordering the beer in the show notes. Thanks again, to Ale Sharpton, for coming on the show, and to all of you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Bean to Barstool.